Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. I am Chris Gickler, your host. The information provided in this podcast should be considered informational only and not be taken for legal, tax, or specific financial advice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and or their guests only. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Chris Gickler, your host here at Top Shelf Talks. And as always, my co-host here, Mr. Tom Costantiello in the great city of Columbus, Ohio. So how is the fall weather today there? I see the sun shining through the window. Weather is doing well for Columbus. I think we're mid-70s, which is great. Walking outside the house without a jacket is it's always nice in October. And I pray for you because I'm here in North Florida that that weather just continues all the way through the winter, which I'm sure it won't. But today we're going to change things up. You know, we've been talking about the market quite a bit here in our last few podcasts, investment tools and those kind of things. We're going to change things up a little bit and talk about more day-to-day stuff that affects, you know, friends of ours, your neighbors, people that you just casually talk to on Facebook or whatever, housing and mortgage rates. I know a lot of the news media has been out there expressing, you know, the Fed raising rates and all these other activities. And it's now starting to really hit home for a lot of folks that were in the housing market looking to purchase a home. They were struggling, either struggling to find a home because we had some supply chain stuff going on. They are now starting to feel a lot of pressure because of these rising interest rates. So to kind of kick things off, there was a consumer survey done by the Federal Reserve of New York. And this was done in July. This information is uh, from July Property Ion. Consumers fear high rates are coming in the year. So this, this survey says that the survey group expects that the interest rates for a 30-year mortgage to be at 6.7% by the end of 2023. Now, we're approaching the end of 2022, and we're there. And in addition to that, the same survey group, now these are just normal people, not experts, expect to have interest rates above 8% at 8.2% by 2025. We'll go into a little bit what the experts are saying, but just by that survey, it shows that Folks out there are concerned about the rising interest rates. And what are your thoughts on it? Obviously, mortgage rates are going to continue to climb as long as the Fed's raising rates. As we talked about it before, I mean, they really are trying to to squash inflation. Inflation's well over 5%. You know, they can't afford, I think recently the minutes that were from the last meeting in October said that, you know, the risk of doing too little outweighs the risk of not doing enough. That's leading us to them continuing to raise interest rates. And as long as that happens, mortgage rates are going to continue to go up. Yeah, I think we could see 8%. The question is, you know, at that, you could see mortgage rates at 15%, right? Yeah, but, like, like our parents did in the early 80s, right? I mean, it was up. But who's going who's gonna to buy a refinance? Probably nobody. Let's talk about that a little bit. And by the extra cost, and I know my neighborhood here, we're in a building neighborhood, meaning there's new builds being built every week and people are closing. So these folks have put a contract on a build. They've put up to 10% in the builder's pocket as an escrow. Got, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 tied up in this build and it hasn't even been built yet. They're now starting to close. When they signed a contract a year ago, which is the average build process in our neighborhood, interest rates are at three, three and a half percent. Now these folks, because you can't lock in a rate you can, but it's kind of messy. Lock in a rate that's over 60 days. They're closing north of six. Now spending, and I mean spending, real costs, interest costs. What does that do for the housing market 
you know, we have a supply chain problem. Now we have a situation where folks potentially ability to purchase less, so it puts pricing pressure. So what are your thoughts on the pricing pressures in the existing housing market? Let's not talk about the new builds because that's a whole different scenario, but let's talk about the existing housing. Does it put pricing pressure on those existing houses that are trying to be sold today? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you saw that home prices have fell recently 10%, but that's still not enough to outweigh the added borrowing costs. So, you know, we were doing an analysis for a client and, you know, a year ago, you could have bought a $500,000 house, your mortgage was two grand, $2,000 a month. So now that same, at 6%, that same 2000, you'd only be able to afford a house that was $360,000. If you had that $500,000 house listed a year ago, you, you sold it. Now what's happening is it's not moving as quick. People are dropping their price. Like I said, by 10%, you're at 450, but that's still not 360. But what's keeping the housing prices afloat is the, the, the supply and demand, not enough homes and there's still demand. And so, you know, as long as you have that, it's going to take a while for those to catch up to each other to where the, you know, the mortgage rates are lower or if they continue to go higher, well, then that naturally historically has always put pressure on housing prices. Right. Um, so that that's kind of, I think, the issue. I think in 2008, you had an oversupply. You had an oversupply of homes, right? You had two or three, you know, you had people speculating and buying two or three homes and not living in them. So now we have the opposite. Now we got two or three, four or five people looking for a home and only one home or two homes for sale. The Mortgage Bankers of Association came out the same article here. This is in July. They're predicting that the average would be 4.6 by 2024. Well, we've already passed all that. As you said earlier, if this bid doesn't pivot, the trend's going to continue. And we potentially could see 8%, which puts a lot of pressure on a lot of folks trying to find a home. And I know we talked earlier offline, but those people have to make some tough decisions. Qualifying for a conforming loan, if anybody out there listening hasn't done it, they do a deed at the income. It used to be until the subprime lending, which we won't get into that, it used to be like 35% of your debt or your income would be a torn to your debt. Now that's total debt. And of that 28% can't be more toward housing. That was usually the benchmark. So it puts a lot of pressure on folks to have to either find the capital, which means that they would have to go sell assets, whether those are securities or cash or whatever, to boost the down payment, to bring the mortgage down to affordable level, or they have to just accept and figure out where to find that money every month instead of putting it towards something, like you said, going out to eat or whatever, paying the mortgage payment, right? I still think there's room. I think the consumer still has room to accommodate for that. So, you know, you're spending an extra $500 or, and I think what's, what's, what is, I think making that a little, an easier pill to swallow is that rents, like rents have just skyrocketed and it's probably still cheaper to buy a home today. If you've got the money to put down, than it is to rent the same space unless rents were less than, you know, like I, like we talked about housing pressure and prices because we have a a supply issue, uh, uh, homes, that's going to keep prices afloat. I think the other thing that keeps prices afloat is the fact that rents have gone up so much. Well, you bring up a great point. I mean, people are already used to paying $2,000 a month, right? In rent. 
for a two bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. They're like, well, I'll find another, another 500 bucks a month somewhere so I can go live in a three bedroom, two bath house starter home and build and build your own equity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, cause every month people don't realize, I mean, every month you're paying yourself back that principal and the likelihood of your house. I mean, obviously we've had in history, it's gone down, but overall the house is going to go up in value or stabilize in value. So you're paying yourself yeah. back. But. Yeah. So I think two headwind, not headwinds, tailwinds for the housing market is supply yeah. um, and rent rents skyrocketing. Headwind is, you know, future interest rate hikes, and, you know, the mortgage is being more expensive. But I think, you know, I don't think we're going to have a situation like we had in 08 with, with housing right. uh, on that aspect. So. so then lastly on this subject, I mean, people are talking arms and those kind of things. And if anybody doesn't know what an arm is, that's an adjustable rate mortgage saying that you lock in it on a 5-1 arm. So for explanation, five, meaning five years, you're at a fixed rate, whatever that advertised rate was when you signed. And then after that, it'll be adjusted to whatever ratio you had in the contract. So if you have a five one arm and that arm says it'll be at I'm gonna use bond ten year bond rate US Treasury plus two percent. Understand you pay for five years the advertised rate you signed the contract with, but then at the end of the five years it would adjust to the two percent above whatever the bond rate yield is for the 10 year treasury note at that time. That's usually the standard. With that said, is it risky right now? to sign a five, one arm in your opinion, or is it something that people could look at as an alternative, hoping that things will stabilize in five to seven years down the road? Is that the, is that the crystal ball question I'm asking you? Well, you did, you kind of, you kind of asked two questions there. I guess it depends on your outlook. I mean, do you think things are going to go higher and rates are going to go higher and you need to buy lock in that rate now? And, you know, if you're lock in a longer term rate and then refinance down the road, if that happens now, if you're, thinking, hey, instead of getting a 6% mortgage, I can get this five by one arm and pay three and a half. Understand that in that fifth year, you know, your mortgage rate could be eight, nine, 10%. Right, or higher if the treasury okay. market goes even more higher and the yields are Or, or higher, yeah. but usually, you know, in, a, in an economic cycle like we're in right now, where the Fed is raising rates, trying to squash inflation, I think we're headed for a hard landing. And so if we're headed for a hard landing, that means housing prices are probably going to go down. Well, everything's going to go down, right? Yeah, it's a recession, go down. Yeah, yeah. Right. Classic okay. Recession, yeah. But that means interest rates are going to go down. Whether housing prices go down, like we talked about, rents and and supply, keeping housing. So, say your house stays the same value, it doesn't grow. Okay, that that's kind of a way of for inflation to reset itself too. If you have no growth over the next ten years then inflation's back to about 3%, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you think that that's going to happen and we're headed for a recession, then interest rates should go down and you should be able to refinance that house and lock in a lower rate. So you really just, it depends on what your view is. Yeah. I mean, and depends on your risk level. If you're willing to say, Hey, I'm a little bit more you know, risk adverse and I'm okay with it. And I think that five years from now rates will be lower. Do the, do the arm. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a personal decision for everybody, but for our audience here is arm yourself with information, know what contract you're signing, know what the terms are, short-term and long-term, look at your lifestyle. I mean, you might be in a situation where you're going to sell the asset, the house in five years or less. Well, mm-hmm. it's a whole different ballgame. So I think everybody needs to just be clear and use all the information, ask all the right questions uh, when it comes to doing that, because that's a big deal. I mean, we're not talking about signing a, thousand dollar loan here this is you know six digit loans in most cases for these folks well and i think you made an interesting point you got to look at the terms too i mean 
is it a five by one arm? So in other words, that means that that teaser rate, right? They're mm -hmm. going to give you a lower rate than, a, than the current rates. Mm -hmm. It's going to be locked in for five years, but then in that sixth year, it can reset to, you know, whatever. And that could be six, seven, that, that, that bit a lot of people in the behind in oh. 2007, Big 2008, time, yeah. those interest only loans. It's great. Let's do this example. Million dollar house interest only loan 2%. Wow. That's 20 grand a year. Sign that's me up. like $1,800 a month. Mm -hmm. Well then guess what? Rates went to five or six. So now you're at 60,000. You went from two grand to five grand a month. Those people couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And you know, we, the rest is sort the of rest history. Is history. They walked away right. and here we have, you know, then. Yeah. But like, you know, but the thing you got to remember too, is this. So the five by one is different, right? It's not an interest only. You're going to have some payment and principal in there as well. Payment would go up, but here's the thing you got to look at. Is it amortization? Is it, is the amortization? Is it 15 year amortization? Is it 20 year amortization? Is it 30 year amortization? That's the other thing you have to look at as well. For our listeners, if anybody has any questions about that, please reach out to us. I have subject matter experts at the ready that will walk you through. Tom's not one of them. He's a financial guy, not a mortgage guy. I'm not one of them. I'm not licensed in anything. But I do have licensed folks that can walk you through those T's and C's to make sure you buy the right product. Because that's what you're doing. You're buying money. You're buying the right product for, for your mortgage. Right. And there's a lot of factors, right? You know, how long am I going to live in this house? Right. You know, uh, what is it? Am I going to, you know, is this going to be long-term? I'm just going to be here for five years. May I take another job somewhere else? I mean, uh -huh. what can I afford? I need a place to live. I, you know, I, I'll bite the bullet. Maybe the economy does go south and you can lock in a lower rate. All of these things are important well, to kind of understand. Yeah. Just a quick, and then we'll wrap up here. Short-term mortgage rates, uh, short, not short-term mortgage rates, short-term rates like auto loans. And I say by short-term meaning seven, eight years or less, it puts in a different classification. The move has not been that severe as what we're seeing in the housing market. I looked on the credit union and then we can get into a whole other discussion about credit unions. I think credit unions are awesome, but the rates from a year ago to today have only moved about a percent. Um, now I did go out it's a little bit of research and I was using Harley Davidson because everybody knows the name. They're actually financing bikes. Two years ago, they were financing them at 2.99%. So somebody could get into a $30,000 road King for 2.99. Now they're advertising rates at 5.6. So it has seen a huge shift in there. I don't know how much of that they were supplementing on the back end for incentives, but the bottom line is we haven't seen as drastic of a move in those interest rates for like auto loans and stuff as we had in them. I think it's because the way they, they, they generate the monies, the funds for the loans and that's yeah. off their portfolio, right? That's off their savings accounts, their CDs. Uh, credit unions probably offer the best rates in my opinion, because they don't have to, you know, borrow money from the government, right? That's what banks do. They borrow money from the government in the form of, you know, 10 year treasury bonds. And then, you know, they market up their 2% or two and a half, and then they lend it for the home purchase, you know, at, at six, you know, or seven credit unions don't have to do that. Right. I mean, right. you're, you've got a, you know, a savings account, maybe you're getting, maybe you're getting 1% now. That's pretty good. If you are, uh, maybe you can get a 3% CD for yeah. 14 months. Well, Hey, they can turn around and lend that money at five. They're making their 2%. You know, it's interesting. I think across the board, when you look at financial institutions, you know, they don't make a killing, but I think over time that one to 2% mm -hmm. 
you know, really adds up. And that's typically, you know, what you're going to see is, you know, they're going to mark up their rates about 2%. Mm-hmm. So if it's, if they can borrow the money at four, they're going to generally wrap up 2% and lend it to you at six. With these credit unions, I mean, if they're paying out 1%, maybe two on the average, a 4.5% auto loan is, is good money for them. Yeah. The other thing they don't have to worry about, principal risk. You know, with, right. if it's backed by treasury bonds, they don't have to worry about the price fluctuation due to interest rates. So there's no real principal risk to them. There's no real interest rate risk to them. Uh, and they're making their 2% spread on their, their money. And the, and the, the only risk they have is obviously the lien holder pays their Correct. payments, but they can control that. I mean, if they, if they're seeing a trend of defaults, they'll tighten the requirements. I mean, it's something they can control, not things outside your control. Like you say, when they purchase the treasury bonds and the market goes crazy over here. All right. Well, anyways, um, as usual, it's been awesome uh, talking here, but um, if anybody has any Q and a questions or whatever, please just go to the Q and a uh, reach out to us. Um, happy. Yeah. To and let questions. us be sure to be sure to let us know too. If there's any of the topics you want to yeah. cover or go over. Yeah. I'm happy to kind of do some research and look into those things, but I think to recap, you know, our, is, is, is the housing market more affordable now? The answer is no. Housing prices continue to, to stay, even though they've pulled back a little bit, still have the upper hand because of the supply issue and rents going up. But time, but time will tell how much, how far we go along and that pricing pressure starts to increase if things don't trend differently. It's to be continued on this the, this topic, obviously. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, all thanks, right, Chris. All right, thanks. All right. Have a good one, man. You too.